Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Suzanne. And we are best friends and business partners who understand how our lives and our work are intertwined. And we talk about the challenges that are up for us because just like you, we're trying to get better all the time. So Rachel, today's show is about the time when you realize that you're in a situation or a relationship where you are carrying more than your share of the burden. And we all know what this feels like. Whether you're on a team, on a project, and you look around the table and you just realize you're the one doing more work than everyone else at the table, no matter who's getting the credit. Maybe you're in a relationship and you're the one making all the phone calls, doing all the texting, making all the plans. You know what that feels like. And, and, and you, on some level, know that you let this happen. Oh, yeah. You, you set this up. And you're, you're enabling it and you're letting it happen for everybody around you. So we are talking today about that moment in which you are carrying someone else's weight, what it feels like, why there are times actually when it might be a good idea to do it. So we're not saying you should never do it, but let's talk about it. Let's get in deep. And also we are going to talk about why women do this, why we do it often, and why we do it consciously, and Rachel, why we do it strategically. So let's get into it, and please rate and review us. We're going to ask you for feedback. Rachel, we've gotten some great feedback now that we've started asking for it. We do, but we don't get it on our Facebook feed or places. We don't get it enough there. We get it in person. Well, like on the street, I'm stopped all the time. I was going to say, people stop you a lot because I feel like when you're a podcast star like we are, um, I mean, <laughs> I, I do feel like you do. Airports. Yeah. Airports are, are told. Subways, buses. Yeah. They're called podparapsi. <laughs> did you just make that term up? I did. That's why, that's why did. you get paid the big bucks for branding, mm-hmm. Rachel. Yeah, thanks. Uh, just like when I came up with the term potrepreneur. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a good one, too. So let's get into it. Carrying someone else's weight. So I met up with some friends at the edge of the night at a bar of 75. Suzanne, this is not a theoretical lecture I'm giving here. This is happening to me right now, and I need help. 
I need help getting into this. So I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to tell you what I know and and what I don't know about it. And all, all I can tell you right now up top is I'm in a project now. I was hired to help uh, an organization and I am in way over my head because I'm carrying not only the weight of what I said I was going to do and that I'm paid to do, but also everybody else's weight as they discover that I will do pretty much anything they ask. So <laughs> the, the organization is very wonky, which is trigger number one for me. Okay. So it's a very oh, academic yeah. organization. Oh, yes. So I'm coming in. My job is to help them figure out how to increase their influence in the world. That's always why I'm brought in. So it involves, first of all, deeply understanding them on their terms and then translating those terms into terms that other people will understand so that they matter more to more people. Okay? So I know that the first weakness for me, the first place where I'm weakened by my addiction to the to the task is that they are snobs about their territory okay anytime i enter a room or a group where they're super snobby about especially academics you you couldn't possibly understand what we're up to. It's so complicated and you don't have a PhD and you don't really know. Oh, that's just, that's just crap for you. That's an invitation for you to go. I know. I'm not going to have any boundaries. (laughs) No boundaries. Watch this. You're never going to pay me enough for what I'm going to do for you. Ha ha. So, so then, so then I prove, and that's the operative word here. I prove to them that I'm incre- – not only do I understand them, but I understand them better than they understand themselves. So now they're hooked on me, okay? And I make sure that the most resistant ones in the group are the most hooked, okay? That always happens. So now I think, oh, good, you're hooked. But in fact, Suzanne, you're looking at the addict right now. Right now. It's me. And what's happening is that all these people are coming out of the woodwork going, oh, my God, Rachel, in addition to what you're doing for the whole organization, could you do that for my program? If I send you 14 videos that we've produced, could you just comment on what's wrong with them and what's right with them? And could you give us a brief for how we could hire a communications person? How much of this are they paying you for? So just just the part that is helping the collective organization talk about itself. All the stuff I'm doing for individuals individually who are coming to me saying, can you do this for me and my program separately, I am not being paid for. I am not being paid for. And why don't I say no? Because this is crack number two, okay? I don't want them to even get a whiff of the fact that I have limits. I have no limits. You can't overcome or overwhelm me or be too much for me. I'm Superman. I have no limits. Pile on, everybody. I mean, Rachel, first of all, as you're, li- as you're talking about this, number one, I, what's what's interesting is I'm not on this project with you. You're in New York. I'm I'm in Chicago. I'm not on, but I know this pattern from you so mm-hmm. oh so well, mm-hmm. oh so well. 
Um, so I don't think it's unusual. I mean, it is for me, I have my particular roots in the problem, but I do think that women, especially Suzanne, want to project a sense of, I have no limits to what I can do to help you. Right. Especially when you're paying me, man. Uh, it, it, yes. It, it we, Yes, we do. But I, I want to just extract out a couple of things in here. Okay. First of all, you're right to say that there's an addictive quality about feeling needed, about mm-hmm. feeling needed. There's another addictive quality about the proving piece of this, about wanting oh. to go into a room and feel like you, oh, just, you say I can't yeah, exactly watch this. just watch, watch this. this, watch this motherfucker. OK, there's a third piece of it, though, that I think we all need to watch out for, which is. Showing people that we can take on so much more than we've been asked to do yeah. that we're willing to drown ourselves in, yeah. in, in whatever molasses we're about to dive into just in order to show how much weight we can hold, even by the way, when money's involved, because at some point you just start telling yourself the story, money, it doesn't matter. Money has gone off to the side in terms of my level of importance here. Actually, I think it's especially when money's involved because you're thinking to yourself, they're paying me. I I have to overprove my value. Whereas what you really should be doing is you which you do when you figure out the price at the beginning is you quantify your value and you stick to that value. Why would you give them more value than what they're paying for? That makes no sense unless you feel somehow that you have to. And there are all kinds of symptoms of this, Suzanne. Yeah. We should know we should just for you listening, don't you shake your head at me and go, "Hi." <laughs> I've never been in this. Oh, my, I never do that. Why, I never. (laughs) Let Let me just signal some of the symptoms that this is happening to you right now, okay? First of all, you don't delegate. You're not delegating enough because why? You want the credit for all that great stuff you're doing. So that's one symptom. Yeah. The other is that you're... Looking to be the doer. You're mm-hmm. just, you're, you want to be the doer. And so you're establishing to everybody around you that you're that gal. You're that guy in the room, guy using the Midwestern version of it where it's the gender neutral, right? And so you just want to be identified as that person. So you just always raise your hand. Totally. And now this may be... I don't think this is particular to me. I think I this is a one that I that I have a lot and that is my unwillingness to say, you know, you're not paying me for that. That is not what you're paying me for. The reason that I really hate saying that is it's a reminder to everyone that I'm being paid, right? And instead of, oh, this is a labor of love. Because I do, Suzanne, I do fall in love with every single project. I fall in love with the ideas involved with the client, right? And so bringing up money makes me feel like, oh, I'm a prostitute. Yeah, I know. know. Well, let let me get you out of the prostitute role because um, I think there's actually something more fundamental for you on this project as well in particular. Let me ask you something about the client, Rach. How old is this client 
What's the age of the of the main client? It's a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's younger than me. He's like, I don't know, 40, 47, 45. Uh-huh. But, but, um, but the guy, but, but, yeah. but critical, but I think, I think you're right. Um, <clears throat> the guy who fur, who was most reluctant, uh-huh. A, yes. most snobby in particular about his terrain, you know, uh-huh. national program. Yeah. And, and, um, and now most addicted to me and, mm-hmm. and therefore dragging me in way mm-hmm. above my capacity is older. Yeah. And, um, he has a German accent. Uh huh. And and who does who who does that sound like? Rach, my mm. father, my daddy, 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 my daddy, daddy, my daddy. Mister, <laughs> Mister Newton. Okay, I mean, let's Doctor just... Newton to you, Doctor yeah. fucking Newton to me, man. <laughs> may he rest in peace. May we all also say yes. here. Um, I, I mean, honestly, we all let's be a little bit honest about this with ourselves, you guys. There's typically some form of enabling that we all do, especially in the proving part of this, which is typically about you're proving to someone and you better know who that to someone is. And often it's mom or dad. It almost always is. So let's go there. I want to end this this piece, Rach, about about this to say one thing uh, on the flip side of this. There are times when you're not only enabling yourself but you're enabling others around you. I mean, Rachel, you and I... That's true. You and I have done this before. Sometimes you're so unwilling to delegate the work or or admit that there's another way out of the situation that you're in that you just keep carrying the weight for someone else because the alternative feels worse. Like, for example, maybe you need to fire someone or maybe oh, you need to kick oh. someone off your uh-huh. team. Oh, okay? fire someone, Suzanne. Well, then maybe we should maybe we should uh, think about what happened to you this week. <laughs> Get off my back. Okay, we're gonna need a break then before we come back to me. I'm okay. gonna need a break and a cocktail. <laughs> Rachel, you know how every conversation we have at some point stops mid-sentence because one of us brings up a topic that just takes us completely off-road and we both love it, so we just go there? Yeah, the tangents. Yeah, that's about to happen right now. So have you noticed this trend people have seemed to pick up when they're talking where they use the word right mid-sentence as they're making a case for something that almost forces you when they're talking, right, to have to follow along with them, right? And so as they're talking and making their case, right, you either are put in this weird position to have to go along with them, right? Or oh my God, you... I want to punch you in the throat. <laughs> right, Stop. Right. right. But this is what they're doing. And so I find it so troubling that this is a tick in young people in particular. Like, um, I'm going to call it not even millennial. It's like slightly older than that because I'm hearing it in meetings with kind of grownups 
not not 40 somethings it's almost like a 30 something thing and it forces you to either disagree with them and cut them off or you're just head nodding but in a hostile way right it feels manipulative to me so manipulative and and you know who else has this habit is the brits do this thing i've noticed Oh, it drives me out of my oh, mind. You, will you say, use your accent and do it? You're so good with accents. Okay. Yeah, do it. So I was in this meeting. Do you know what I mean? And um, they were doing all this crazy stuff. Do you know what I mean? And then we went to the house. Do you know what I mean? And and so you are being asked. So am Shut, I supposed to answer? Do right. I know what it's, you mean? Yeah, or, it is or, the same or thing. Or willfully yeah. pretend as if you didn't yeah. ask me that. Yes. Just stop. I need everybody to stop. Okay. Stop it. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Suzanne, we've been talking about what happens when you carry more than your weight, more than what you are paid for, more than what the deal calls for, more than what the contract specifies, and that women do it all the time. And I've just, you know, been flayed and flanked for my you know, daddy issues right now, my daddy issues and my current client. And then now we're going to switch the spotlight to Suzanne, where I'm just telling you, Suzanne, that for the last, oh, I don't know, not that long, like maybe um, 11 years, um, you've been complaining about like really seriously complaining for good reason, because I met her, the um, woman who cleans your house. Okay. I know that this sounds like a very privileged problem, but if you'll just hang tight, uh, you'll hear how this could be you too, even if you don't have someone hired to clean your house. So I'm just saying that when you and I are on the phone, you're a different person. You try to shut the door. She comes in. She's emptying your trash and speaking to you in Spanish really loudly and interrupting our call. And it makes you miserable. And yet you have never, ever fired her. And it's been a degenerative situation. It's gotten worse and worse over the years until... Okay. Okay. You're making it sound really bad. It is really bad. Yeah, I actually think it's worse than 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 what you're okay. 
here here's what I will acknowledge. What started out as a very standard relationship of having someone help out in my home, okay? She's been my housekeeper and cleaning my home. Turned into a somewhat hostile relationship. <laughs> Not so long Which ago. Which I, by the way, didn't really know about until. I didn't know just how hostile it oh, was. It turned hostile, I'm going to suggest, oh, six years ago. Oh, my God. Suzanne, what's wrong with you? Okay, like, right. hostile how? She comes to your house to clean, and, and what and, happens? And I'm going to suggest perhaps... At least daily or, you know, every the days that she's there, she'll typically start out with some kind of opening of the day that's that's angry or hostile about some thing that that I've either suggested that she does or or, or a standard part of the day that is that she's unhappy with. OK, that could be anything ranging from needing to take my dog, um, which is, you know, she comes in. The first thing she does is walk Mickey, my, my 12 year old dog, um, to. I, I, who who knows what? Perhaps I've left a note that simply says that to please listen for the UPS man to come. And she'll suggest that that's not possible to do because then she'll have to answer the door at the same time that she's, you know, walking. Complaining. Ma- complaining or walking, <laughs> making downstairs. Okay. So it's been – so it's already – the day has started hostile. But then it's gotten worse, like to the point where I actually think that she's actively started to express her anger in ways, like you said, like – I know she knows I'm on the phone and then she will come into my office while I'm working and like not just empty the wastebasket, but like wrangle it, like shake it so <laughs> I that, know. I, that I, the I papers. OK, but then I have known for many, many months that I should fire her for many months. months. Suzanne, we talked about this a couple of years ago where it, it's been. See, here's the thing. There was a whole side conversation between us about how bad she is. That's when the weight starts getting taken on, right? Where she does less, you yeah, do, do more. more. Correct, right. So and I, it's been yes. like a frog in a pan yes. for a long time. Yes, so the, the, more, the more hostile she got, the less I asked her to do, the right, more you didn't I, want interaction. Because I didn't want right. interaction. So the more I started doing myself so that she had to do less... And so then it was this whole dysfunctional cycle. And I and I would never, ever, if this were someone in my workplace, even though I was paying her. I mean, she's an employee and my home is my workplace, therefore, right? I would never let this go on. But I did let it go on until finally she accused me of something about two weeks ago where what that was the straw that broke the camel's back. She accused me of something so offensive. Okay, it was a financial issue. And at that point, I literally looked at her and was like, this is over. This is just over. Like, there's no more trust. And I finally said to you, Rachel, like, now I'm done. Now I'm done. But it begged all the questions we've been talking about on this show, which is, why did it take me until that so straw? Why did, was my reaction to knowing that I've been carrying this person's weight this long to simply carry more weight? 
You dreaded coming home when she was there. And how often do we know this is true in the office and in the workplace where you dread going into the office because you know that there's someone else going to come in, your boss, your coworker, your colleague, and yet you keep going and yet you keep enabling. There's more weight put on you than you can bear and yet you keep going. And yet you keep going. going. And you know what I know, realize that this is for me, Rachel, if I'm honest with myself. And I'm just going to be honest so that we counterbalance this show. Yours was a daddy issue. This was mom for me. This was for me. This was a person who was supposed to be taking care of me in my home Mm. and my inability to stand up to them. Yep. And to take care of myself and to own the fact that someone who was supposed to be taking care of me was not. When did you realize this? We haven't talked about this. That's, of course, Um, what it is. With my therapist. (laughs) Suzanne, that's, of course, what that was. Hello. I mean, come on. Okay. That's per- I think that's so beautiful that we should just stop right there and bow our heads okay. and, and pay a lot of money to someone who helped us realize that. The easiest way to tie together your story about your cleaning woman and my story about what happens to me in a client relationship is in every relationship, there's an understanding at the beginning of this is what this relationship is about. This is how we're dividing and conquering. This is what the – this is our understanding, whether it's formally contractual or not, of – Who's carrying what in this relationship? When that gets skewed, either emotionally or from a workflow point of view, either way, if it gets skewed and you allow it to get skewed where you're the loser, right? You're always, as the woman generally, taking on more than your share. It's really important to take a look at that. And it's really important to understand why you do it and then just stop. And then just stop. And and look – In our partnership, Rachel, we've mastered the art of distributing weight by asking each other to carry more or less weight at different points in time in a way that I think is is only functional because we are both so paranoid about caring about Asking for help, to be quite that's honest. The, that's the point. There's <laughs> two people honest. here who are allergic to asking needing somebody else needing and somebody asking else. for help. Right. So what happens is if you go on vacation or yeah. you leave the country and don't have access to, it's it, it, it's so hard for you to go, Rachel, I, I just need you to, what we used to have, this shorthand of whose turn it, is it to step in the batting yes, cage, remember? Yeah. And when someone is really offline – Right. You step in the batting. But but the result is actually because we're so um, it's so uncomfortable for us. It's always framed in terms of um, Suzanne, I need you to basically be on call this weekend so that I can write this, you know, document for our other clients. Right. It's always if you could do this, I'll do this. It's very hard for us to go. 
uh, I'm out of here for a while, so I'm just going to rely on you to kind of carry the weight. That's very rare between us. So rare. And this is what I would say for people who want to practice getting better at asking for help in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're doing it in a dysfunctional way. Okay? First of all, if you're going to ask somebody else for help, just be really specific Ask for the help that you need, make it specific, and do it for a contained period of time. I'm going to be away. Can you do this? And and also, to Rachel's point, ask for it and then say, because I'm going on vacation, or can you do this for this period of time so that I can really do some right. writing? Or, or so whatever that, it is you, you want to do. Right. You know, the other thing that really helps, and I think both of us have gotten Really in the last year, much, much better at this, much more clear about it. I hear both of us saying, you know what? I suck at this. Yes. Could you please? You're really good at this. Uh I can't do this. I'm terrible at process, Suzanne. Can you please figure this out while I do what I can do? Right? That division of labor so that you claim you're – I'm giving it to you not because, eh, I don't want to, but because I'm bad at it. Yeah. Right, that makes me feel so good that I actually end up doing it when you're <laughs> <laughs> which is funny, although also there's a hidden truth inside their rage, which is their intimacy gets created when you ask someone for help. It's counterintuitive, but you have to realize this. Sometimes when you ask someone else for help, instead of seeing that as a way that you've created some kind of or animosity or a favor. Yeah. Sometimes when people ask you for help, you have to realize that the person being asked is Loves like, it. thank you so much for trusting me. Exactly. And and intimacy gets created. And I, I, I want to stop right there for one second and just, I cannot emphasize that enough that for women especially yeah. who don't allow themselves to be taken care of, when they turn to someone and f- put their full weight on someone and say, I need your help here, yeah. it is an enormous favor to them and it increases intimacy. Right. And just, and I don't think I need to say this, but as long as there's a turn taking and you're not always the one asking for help or always the one being asked for help, right. it's a healthy relationship yeah. or a contract. Check it out. 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 Okay. Here's a new favorite part of our show that we are loving where we just get to end the show by telling you the things that are really catching our attention, either for good reasons or bad, but it tends lately, Rach, to be the things that we're really loving. So here are the two that are really up for me right now. One is Ariel, my one of my daughters and, and I this summer discovered the dang sticky rice chips at Whole Foods. They're in a white bag in the Whole Foods. I, I'm guessing across I've seen them. the country. I've seen yeah. them. This okay. is the last thing I would ever choose. Are uh, they good? So good. They're <laughs> they're sweet and crunchy, relatively no nutrition but not bad for you. So okay. just grab them, crunch them, delish. Dang. Okay. Okay. The second is go to your Instagram and start following Maria Tash, T-A-S-H. So she, it's both because of her beautiful earring 
collection for um, all kinds of earrings on your ear of, of all different piercings. But it's not just the beautiful jewelry. It's that she has this in very beautifully branded idea called the curated ear. And I love the idea for a million reasons, but mostly because of this just sense that we all can be individuals in lots of different ways. And I love the fact that she's claimed this idea that even something as basic in our bodies as our ear can right. be a curated piece of curated identity. piece of real estate. Yeah, little, I love it. A little piece of flesh we Just can curate. freaking love it. Okay, I think I have seen it on my phone because they know that I'm interested in jewelry. <laughs> they just found um, you, yes. And speaking of phones, so this is random, but I was on – this is just amazing to me and I want everybody, if you're driving, pull over to the side of the road, okay? Otherwise, I want you to take out your iPhone, okay? And Suzanne, you, okay, you should do, do right this now. while we're talking. Yeah, okay. Yeah. On your iPhone, okay. go to settings. Okay. Uh-huh. Then go to privacy. Privacy. Hold on. Yep. Got it. Okay. Then go to location services. It's right. It says on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And go all, scroll all the way down on location services. Okay. Yep. And you go down, you see system services. I do. Now go down, all the way down to uh-huh. significant locations. Sign- oh, significant. Lo- okay. Okay. Now look at that and yes, it shows everywhere you have fucking been. In the last Holy 90 days. crap. Right? So anybody, like if you were having an affair with someone, just for example. Oh, no way. Right? It would go, no what are you, way. what have you been doing there? Turn that shit Holy off. It's a shit. completely useless piece of technology that has no business on my freaking phone. Oh, that's some good shit. How did you find that out? I was on a conference call and it was really boring and I was just scrolling around and then I went, what's that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> and it was like, oh my God. Okay, that is that is seriously good info. Okay, mm-hmm. check that out. Check this motherfucker out. We'll be back to the big payoff next week with Rachel and Suzanne. If you're lost in a zone. Oh, you're sinking like a stone. Carry on. May your path be the sound of your feet upon the ground. Carry on. If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the Acast app, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and please, please rate and review us. It matters. I need everybody to stop. Okay. Stop it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.